This episode is dedicated to the memory of Marie-Jane Sferazza. Riposare in pace. Hello and welcome to My American Friend, a podcast about my American friend. We'll talk about whatever topic comes to mind. It's free thought, free association, religion, politics, food, COVID-19, not necessarily in that order, of course, as a way of gaining an insight and an understanding into someone else's life, particularly during this most challenging of times. It's a way to connect. I want to know what's happening outside of my sphere of influence. So yeah, I guess 15,000 kilometres or 9,000 miles away, I felt was a good place to start. Why? Well, I blame my dad. He introduced me to Alastair Cook's Letters from America. I was always fascinated by that, although in this case I'm from Australia, but I'm speaking to someone from America. I digress. Please, sit back, relax, grab yourself a VB or a Schlitz, or in my case, an ice-cold Coca-Cola, and I hope you enjoy listening to My American Friend. A word of warning and an apology to our listeners. The audio quality of this podcast is currently nowhere near what we are aiming for. The idea was conceived in a perfect world, however, it is being executed in an imperfect environment. The shiny, soundproofed studio we use is currently unavailable due to lockdowns and curfews. But we weren't about to say to our esteemed guests, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, speak to you next year. So we improvised, adapted, overcame, begged, borrowed and stole, uh, bought new equipment and installed it in the only place I knew I could gain unfettered 24-7 access to, my garage. So, here I am, sitting on a coil heater in this red brick echo chamber, looking up at the tin roof, hoping that it doesn't rain. Thank you for your patience. Please bear with us. This too shall pass. Okay, we're speaking with my American friend, Chris. How are you, Dad? <laughs> so wonderful to hear your voice. How are you? Yeah, yeah, you know, kicking along. Yeah. On Facebook, on, on Facebook way too much. You know, just uh, doing uh, the old uh, isolation like everyone else these days. Well, yeah, I talk to my, I talk to my family pretty much every day. Uh, uh, three older brothers and a younger sister. So mm-hmm. uh, we're fairly, fairly um, large family. Uh, one of my brothers, I don't talk to him. Uh, as often because he has limited access, he has no internet, um, and if I'm lucky to catch him on the phone, then so be it. Uh, but um, that's basically with him. That's how we kind of engage. But um, yeah. I speak with my sister and my my my, uh, uh, my brother Mark. Well, my sister lives close to dad, and my brother had uh, uh, during uh, the beginning of COVID um, took a residency with dad. He was looking after him. While uh, mom was uh, um, in uh, a hospital and uh, nursing home, so that's sort of mm. how that all kind of happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, and um, so sorry for uh, for yeah. your, your your loss yeah. there, uh, Chris. So sorry. Oh, th- thank you, Val. That's okay. That's all right. She's uh, she uh, mom was a pretty good lady. She was a lot of fun to be around, and uh, she was very quick uh, to. Or put it, I guess, um, make you drop your defenses with her. Very likable woman, and um, she made her mark with a lot of people, a lot more than we ever knew. In the end, um, 
Uh, she, uh, a lot of people said, I only met her once, but you'll never forget her. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she was that kind of lady. She was great, great fun. So, um, oh. good to laugh and a uh, lovely smile. And when you saw her smile, you knew she meant it. I've seen yeah. photos of uh, your family, and uh, yeah, I can see that that uh, beautiful uh, attitude and personality certainly extends uh, to uh, to you. Yeah, we all got part of it. Yeah, and thank you very much. Chris is a, uh, a native of. Uh, oh, if we start from the wider picture of Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn for a short period of time, but I can't consider myself a, a Brooklynite. Probably more of a. Uh, uh, yeah, a Queens guy. Yeah. Specifically Bayside, where you were born. Bayside, that's right. Bayside, Queens. Back in the late 1920s was considered the Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it's it's astonishing. I mean, it, to start from, from, from the, the broader picture and then drill in everybody, you, you know, it, everybody knows Brooklyn. Everyone's heard of Brooklyn. It's a borough of New yes. York City. It's located okay. in the U.S. state of New York. It's... Uh, the most populous county in the state. It's the second most densely populated county in the US, and it was 2.6 million and so in a plus change residence in 2020, yeah. And it's several bridge and tunnel connections uh, to the borough of Manhattan, East River. A lot of – they've even got a very Italian-sounding bridge there, the uh, the Verrazzano Narrows Bridge, which – The Verrazzano Narrows Bridge. Yeah, connected with uh, the – Which could uh, hold – uh, uh, 16 lanes of traffic. Massive, massive bridge. Yeah, yeah. It connects it with uh, an absolute icon of the of the state, which is Staten Island. Um, and then you drill further down in uh, into into Queens. Uh, mm-hmm. I know something of of, uh, of that area a little bit myself. If you were to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, about an hour and a half east, about 75 miles, you come to a place where I actually have family living in uh, West Iceland. You didn't tell me a family West, West Iceland? Yeah, still there to this day. Um, and yeah. listeners, if you were to travel a little bit further south, sorry, north, you'd end up uh, in the Bronx. Uh, that entire area, anyone who's got even the most remote interest in film and music will know places, Yonkers, Amityville, uh, I mean, the JFK airport uh, is, is not too far, Flushing Meadows, singers alone uh, uh, come out of Queens, our contemporaries, Cindy Lauper, Paul Stanley, Walter Becker, and then, you know, more recently, yep. Nass and 50 Cent, or 50 Cent, LL yep. Cool J. Also, uh, famous uh, tennis players, uh, John McEnroe, uh, um, McEnroe. He's actually from Bayside slash Douglaston, so uh, uh, himself. So. Andrew Dice Clay, Billy Joel, who's from 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 the Bronx. So this myth, no, not myth. I won't say myth because it's a fact. This this romance that surrounds this part of New York, where it's the tough yet loving, don't mess with me kind of attitude or upbringing. How how is it that in that area there is still so much? love and tenderness and creativity <laughs> that springs out you in particular as well how, well, how um, is that i think um the thing is the each of the boroughs have their own um kind of personality honestly um the bronx uh if when it comes to um tough guys or the the toughest anybody who is from new york the bronx kind of went hands down it, it's history has always been rough and tumble very much. Um, Brooklyn Brooklyn was always probably more the smartest. I mean, Manhattan isn't filled with a lot of people from New York. Manhattan's is all, all transitional sort of people. Yeah. And then um, the outer boroughs are, are actually the real native New Yorkers. So um, uh, Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, and Bronx. 
though you'll find all your New Yorkers, or used to be that you could find all your New Yorkers in those boroughs. And then Manhattan was like, well, but you're from Utah, and you decided to come to New York. You'd go to Manhattan. Uh-huh. Even my wife, uh, even my wife, who was from uh, Melbourne, uh, she wouldn't dare live in Brooklyn because that wasn't living in New York. Right. That was living. That was living in the outer borough <laughs> <laughs> of New York. So she had to live in Manhattan. So it was a, a point of contingent. And <laughs> I, while I was living in Brooklyn, she wouldn't come out there. I had to come back into the city to live. So uh, and we settled on. Uh, uh, the seaport down in um, uh, downtown, okay. way, way, all the way downtown in New York, and then and then Queens. The Queens was never really um, considered a relatively tough area, only because most of Queens, probably up until the fifties, golf courses and farmland. And that's all it really was. Post uh, World War II, uh, that's when all the development came in, the brick attached houses, rows upon rows, and, and apartments going up. Mm-hmm. But um, so that that's sort of a and then Staten Island, um, also uh, uh, a lot of farmland, but also it took a long time to develop Staten Island because it was tough to get to. The Verrazano Bridge didn't exist um, up until uh, 1960s. So it was very difficult to get there. And so people, and it, was, it was a lot of marshland as well. So people, yeah. building there was always very difficult. So, so the, each of the boroughs had their own sort of you know, topography um, in their own different way. During the last ice age, uh, the snow or the the ice itself per se the glaciers um, they had um, they were uh, they stopped um, probably mid Queens like in the middle of Queens wow so mid so Queens has a sort sort of like and if you look at everything north of this section of Queens um, Hillside Avenue is the area but if you look at everything north of this section and, uh, when I say north I mean northern northern New York mm-hmm. uh, um, and and Brooklyn. And uh, Northern Queens, and um, you know, it's all very, very rocky. It's all very, very. It's all uh, boulders and rocks and things like that. Um, south of Hillside mm-hmm. is all very flat. So that's why things like um, parts of Brooklyn are very flat because it was easy. It was easy to build there. Yeah, and, yeah. And so that's also, you know, and, uh, and obviously JFK um, being in the sort of Brooklyn Queens area as well. So that that so it so it, the, the 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 last ice age kind of landed like mid new york so you have that's where you have this sort of difference of the two areas Long that's Island fascinating very, very sandy and flat yeah well that's you know that's why like Island's really sandy and flat then if you go up to the bronx it's all very rocky it goes very quickly it turns into uh rock, rocks and and boulders and uh, a lot of granite and that sort of thing you know uh it's uh, it's no- notoriously sort of i don't i, I use the word mountain-esque uh, <laughs> loosely but um but they're mountains. They're, they're, they're legitimately mountains. They're yeah, probably, yeah. Um, you know, you go, you go up there to ski. Oh, yeah. I wonder yeah. if that um, that glacier stopped uh, stopped anywhere near uh, Hell's Kitchen. There's another very famous part of, uh, <laughs> of yeah, uh, it did. New it York. Part of the area. Yeah, it kind of went through there. There's, <laughs> there's, a, um, there's a lake near where I grew up. So in Bayside, we're, we're next to a bay, um, hence the name. There's a lake near us called um, Oakland lake um the lake itself uh, probably has a depth of around uh 300 400 feet so it's incredibly deep wow and it, it actually connects to the bay so um through underwater um uh aquifers yeah. and whatnot so this this lake is actually connected and it's kind of famous because the thing is they've never been able to um uh tame this lake so they've always built 
they, they keep building paths around it. They wind up sink, sinking into the lake or they have to remove them. And the only thing they've done now recently is I think they've put pontoons because they, they figured out that that was going to be the only way that yeah, um, they yeah. could put a path around this lake. So, uh, yeah, it's quite famous. And, and you could get you could catch eel in it when I was a kid. Oh, you'd wow. you go down to the lake and you catch eel, which is also, again, um, uh, eels are known for being salt water and fresh water. Yes, yes. Um, fish yeah so uh yeah so it was a um it was a, a great place to grow up uh bayside um, yeah. uh that we had things like that and the bay next to us if you wanted to do sailing things like that incredible was, there, there was a lot of that sort of business going on so yeah. i'm um, actually looking at, uh, at at the map now so i can see uh the uh, uh, roads that, that ring that lake, there's the 46th Avenue, Springfield Boulevard. That's right. Cloverfield. <laughs> uh, Cloverdale Boulevard. Yeah, wow. It, it, it really is such such an incredibly rich area. I mean, every time I th- somebody says New York, the first song that comes to mind is, uh, is uh, Billy Joel. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, Staten Island Ferry. The suburbs of New York are very leafy, especially Bayside, mostly families and things like that. Incredible. Just one, one other thing I could tell you about that area. Yes, I please. The sort of Great Neck area, and the, these underground aquifers, um, they would sprout um, uh, natural spring water. Wow. You know, and once the water was purified. So as a kid, um, and, and I know it sounds crazy for people to understand this, but it's sort of like you could go next to the highway or Long Island, uh, the Long Island Expressway. Yeah. And um, there was a, uh, a spring, a natural water spring um, that, uh, you know, bubbled up water in the marshland. The reason why we know it was, um, it was pure, but it, we used to have uh, watercress. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! Vegetable Goodness, would grow like you wouldn't believe. And uh, as uh, the Bob family that we are, <laughs> we, would, we we would go down there, and um, you know, like on a Saturday afternoon, and um, you know, Dad would cut, you know, heaps and heaps of the stuff. We'd have uh, watercress uh, in our sandwiches and in our salads. That's uh, astonishing. Uh, watercress soup. So yeah, so we kind of. Um, yeah, like I said, it's very boggy. So, uh, you know, but um, that was sort of how we, you know, we were fortunate to have all that sort of stuff around us growing up. A lot of raccoons and... Raccoons? Um, we, we, we didn't have deer as such, but uh, there were um, occasionally you would see, um, if you were really lucky, uh, there was, oh, look, there was a lot of interesting birds. It was a great sort of um, cross between... Um, you know, uh, the city life and uh, a little bit of a country life of sorts. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you could call it that. So, sure. Yeah. That's astonishing. You, you pick watercress from the side of the highway for free, yeah. but you walk into a delicatessen and it's 10 bucks in the sandwich. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, basically, <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, back then, nobody knew what the hell it was. My grandfather and my dad did because they were walks, you know. But, yeah. Um, but um, most people didn't know what it was, you know. But, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Amazing. I'm just going to have a quick look and see what, what the weather's like in Brooklyn at the moment. Here we go. It's uh, Sunday. It's 2 a.m. It's cloudy. It's uh, 22 degrees. Precipitation, 10%. Humidity, 74%. There you go. And the wind, 18 kilometres to be about 11, 12 miles per hour. There yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. The, these Ferrats are names. In my... my um, Family, a uh, mum's side of the family, Carnu, C-A-N-U. They yeah. all hail originally from Sardinia. Where, where does Ferrazza go back to? Uh, Sicily. 
Sicily, um, Ciciliano, Sicilian. Eh. So, so specifically, uh, my family name was uh, originally from a town called uh, Castrofilippo, Castrofilippo in Sicily, sort of um, the western coast of Sicily. And uh, the family, the town, like most of the towns in Sicily and Italy, most people have moved out. A lot of families still living there. We went to visit them last year. Um, and they're my um, second cousins. They live in uh, Licata mm-hmm. right now, which is a, which is a port uh, city or port town um, that basically uh, a lot of yachts people uh, go to uh, rest or refresh. So in, um, you won't find a lot of tourism there because it's off the beaten path. Not a lot of people speak English. There's, there's very little English spoken there. I mean, um, the, the whole area, Agrigento, is so old that it has Greek temples on it. Yeah, gosh, yeah. yeah. So, in, in Agrigento. So, you could, it's, I believe it's called um, um, Valley of the Temples is the area. And um, I highly recommend people go there because they're unique, uh, the, the, the ruins there are quite unique. They're not typical Roman. They're actually Greek. They, that gives you an idea of the history of the, you know, that land. And mm. the, the, my name, Sferatza, uh, was originally um, born, I believe the story goes, uh, was born of um, the Sforza family, mm-hmm. which meant um, strength. Strength, or, yes, um, yeah. Um, I believe. So, um, but it's, 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 it's hard to know because if you type Sferatza, into like a uh, uh, what, what does your name mean sort of Google yes, or something yeah. like that it comes up as um, Iron Collector ah. <laughs> so, scrap, scrap Iron Collector brilliant which isn't, which isn't as glamorous as force yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or strength Chris you studied uh, photography as well in Queens I mean you do, you're a director you're a filmmaker photographer a creative auteur yes. call us what, yeah. what, what we will so, what Took you down that path? I was, um, I wouldn't say I was a troubled teen, but I got into trouble a lot. And uh, only because it was probably, uh, look, I think, um, I hate, I hate, I don't want to sound, I was, I was probably a bit misunderstood. Uh, I was never really uh, uh, terribly good at focusing. And then, um, and I got in trouble for that reason. So I got up to uh, things that I shouldn't have gotten up to. <laughs> Sounds uh, like me. I did, uh, then had a, a high school teacher who, um, who basically said, uh, um, you know, he, he told me that he wanted me to start um, uh, taking still photos um, for the um, school um, yearbook. So um, I was new to school. I had gotten kicked out of, this kind of is all related, I was kicked out of a um, out of one school, out of a high school, and um, and then I wound up. Uh, it was a private school that I got kicked out of, so I wound up back in the public school system, which is where I came from originally. And then this teacher I met, Peter Drew, and he um, and Peter um, basically was like, "Oh, you're new to the school. I think uh, you know uh, maybe you could." And I know a few kids from the from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "Why don't you? Um, I think you should take uh, photos." He was in charge of the yearbook, so I think you should take one of the. What you should be one of the photographers for the yearbook. They're going to um, university um, uh, and studying um, photojournalism uh, slash um, communications. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then uh, there, that's kind of where 
you know, you have these other teachers and professors you meet, and one of them introduced me to uh, the film world, and I kind of thought, you know, film is really just an extension of my still photography. And um, I kind of went down that path. And originally, I was just wanted to be a cinematographer and and keep it at that, which I think sometimes I still think that probably was would have been a better plan. <laughs> but but um, I um, uh, uh, wanted to start putting my own work together. So directing was kind of like a means to an end. And then when I started showing my work around to people as a portfolio or a reel, mm. um, uh, people asked, oh, who directed it? And I said, oh, well, I did. And they said, oh, you direct too. And, I said, I, and eventually I said, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how it all sort of, that's how it kind of developed. And, um, you know, it's, uh, so uh, to be a director slash uh Cinematographer, not the easiest thing in the world, but uh, mm. I enjoy it regardless. Back to uh, to New York just for for a moment there. I mean, everybody uh, knows uh, how certain names loom quite large over that area. I mean, everyone I'm sure would recall the uh, the former mayor Rudy Giuliani, who who was at the time one of the most respected individuals, America's mayor. They they called him and. Uh, the uh, the Giuliani Act and uh, crime and what have you and you know okay all jokes aside he goes out to meet uh, the bikey gangs with a black leather vest and a shirt that looks like it's come out of a toothpaste commercial. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that, one. Yeah. that was a famous moment, all right. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. kind of turned around, thought they raised their eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> now the current mayor is uh, Bill De Blasio. Uh, Bill De Blasio. Yeah. And uh, governor uh, is. Uh, Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo. So and his um, his dad, who was also um, a governor of New York, was uh, Mario Cuomo. Well, while you were still living there, was uh, Trump? Uh, how can I ask the question? So did 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 that name factor much in your life, in your families, your friends? Uh, considering what? Um, no, not really. Uh, look, Trump Trump's name really didn't um, start sort of come to the forefront. Until he, um, it was a famous sort of moment, an ice skating rink in, in Central Park. It was taking, I think it, it, they were trying to build it, uh, it was taking something like six years, you know, to build an ice skating rink. Wow. <laughs> which, is, which, was, which was ridiculous. The story goes that Trump uh, used to look down on this um, ice, skating, ice skating rink and um, he was frustrated because it was an eyesore for him. Apparently, he stepped in and said, I'm going to manage it. He had it finished within four months. So that, that kind of put him um, uh, sort of uh, in the public's eye. As much as he wanted to come across, come, tries to come across as being old money, he's not. He's not. You know, his family didn't. His family didn't come over with the Mayflower. His family wasn't other Rockefellers or so. Um, his, his grandfather was a German immigrant. My brother Robert, uh, who was a sous chef, uh, worked at the Plaza Hotel, you know, um, make a uh, late night snack for Donald. And um, this was um, back in the day when Donald was with his first wife, Ivana. Yeah. Ivana Trump. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so my brother. Uh, who kind of who, who liked him, you know, I mean, um, they liked him, you know, he was popular in the sense that he was, um, you know, he would walk out on the street, 
he would go to a local shop to pick up a uh, you know a magazine or something like that. He was he was in a lot of ways is connected to uh, a lot of the organized crime as well uh, because nobody built anything in New York back in the 80s, the 70s and the 80s without having to go through um, uh, the mafia. So so he had those ties with the mafia and he understood that that, that was part of doing business. So um, that's sort of how that all came about. A few years after that, he... Um, it was a famous um, helicopter crash. Mm. It was five of his key members oh, of, his, of his staff. It was about five guys. And um, look, you know, uh, the rumor mill uh, spins. Some people say that that was a, um, a payback, you know, that the, that the helicopter, in, you know, in question, uh, the crash was... Um, you know, uh, suspicious in certain regards. Yes, so, yeah. You know, wh- whatever the reports may say, the people on the street say something different. I can't prove it one way or the other. Come back to, to, to Trump in a, in a second. Why, why do you think Giuliani lost his way? That is an excellent question. Um, I think it was probably uh, due to his... Um, um, uh, uh, he's drunk with power. You know, he was incredibly successful as a district attorney in cracking down on organized crime. Quite a lot of success in doing that. And look, uh, he was right in doing that, you know, in those years, because, you know, it was, it was the little guy that was suffering under organized crime in New York. You had to get your garbage removed from one guy, and he charged you what he liked. No. If you were gonna have, if you were gonna have concrete poured, you know, you had to get it from these people because it was their turf. So and so, he was able to use the law in order to capture these guys, uh, break up these families um, uh, to the point where they started, um, you know, knocking off each other. So, so that was kind of, you know, and now, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that the uh, Italian organized crime. Um, doesn't any longer exist. It certainly does as a white collar crime these days. Mm. Else, and then there are other other mafias that came in to fill the void of the Italian mafia um, back from the eighties. So uh, you know the Russians, the Chinese, all that sort of thing. So Giuliani, you know, he started having an affair. Giuliani, um, so he was married to Donna Hanover. They basically owned Chase Bank. They were old money. People were like, how, how would you cheat or why would you cheat on, you know, on that kind of money, or yeah. that, that wealth? Or I mean, I think that was kind of like the first time that people were like, ooh, that didn't sit well with people. I think people were kind of like, oh, well, this guy, we all thought that he had such high moral standards and that his compass was so strong. It, it, it wasn't. And, he, and, and some people forgave him. You know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, everyone's human. Sometimes, you know, um, you, you, you make choices in life that um, uh, that you grow and change from uh, later on. So, and then he just went to he went to private firms. You know, then he went to private law practice after nine eleven, um, and no one saw or heard from him until he popped up again, um, again in the uh, at the Republican. Oh. Um, uh, uh, convention and how <laughs> and how yeah <laughs> and I think that's where everybody was kind of like wow I think that's probably you know where people just stood back and thought 
who the hell is that? Is that mm. not the guy that we knew? And I think he's he's fallen so far away from what he was. Most New Yorkers now would just sort of they shake their heads and disbelief. Look, if there's one thing I suppose that maybe Giuliani is still remembered for, it's that, um, as you said, the, the, the so-called five families under the that uh, the RICO Act. What's your gut feel, Chris? Kamala Harris, Biden? I, uh, Kamala Harris was never my first pick. She's perfect for Joe Biden. Um, and Joe Biden was my first, wasn't my pick either. That, that being said, I probably fall more into the, the warring Bernie Sanders camp. I'm probably more of a progressive than I am a liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that being that I'm also an independent, you know. So there's a guy like John McCain who comes along who's a moderate Republican who's a decent person. I, I, I thought John McCain was great. You know, I didn't have a problem with him. You know, if, whether it was between him and Obama when they were both running, I, I was kind of like, well, you know, um, whoever gets it, gets it, you know. But I, I didn't have a feeling one way or the other between two of them because I like both of them. Uh, if, if you're asking me my prediction, um, the truth of the matter is uh, Joe Biden is, 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 is going to be, uh, I keep saying he's in a janitorial position, truthfully. He's really only going to be around for one term. Well, he's the oldest, and, oldest. And, and he is the oldest. Yeah. But look, uh, I think, I think um, you know, in a lot of ways, all he is is a, uh, you know, he's a stop plug. You know, for all the destruction or, you know, he's going to be the guy that basically has to reverse all the things that Trump has done. I, uh, Kamala Harris, she's uh, tough. She's a fighter. You know, uh, she she will nail down Pence. I mean, Pence, it doesn't take much to nail down. <laughs> but, um, but I think she'll nail Pence down pretty, pretty hard. Um, and, you know, for the attacks that um, Trump throws at her, she's quite good at defending herself. You know, oh, I mean, yes. she was a prosecutor, you know, so she's and, and she's used to the public eye. So so as, as, as tough as Trump thinks he is, you know, she really is the real deal. You know, she yeah. is legitimately uh, a tough lady, a fighter, smart, um, sadly, um, you know, the ugliness of the whole uh, of what's happened in the U.S., it's um I don't I don't think people even bother trying to convert or argue with uh, Trump supporters because the truth of the matter is um, neither side wants to hear. There's nothing to be debated any longer. It's sort of like everyone's kind of set in stone. You don't really have swing voters anymore either for at least this election. Some people who are leftover stragglers, um, you know, they sometimes call them Bernie Crows, who are trying to take pokes at um, Biden and Harris, but. I don't dare try to tear into them because the truth is they're probably what we need. You know, um, I don't think a progressive would would fare very well in an election. And, and even if a, if a progressive miraculously did get through an election, I think they would have a hard time um, breaking policy, new policies in. It would be far too extreme for the U.S., you know, uh, public to, to to swallow. What you said uh, about about just no longer no longer really wanting to wanting to argue. I mean, I, the base, the supporter, almost akin to this political version of your classic guerrilla fighter. You cannot talk to them. You cannot reason with them. It concerns me. I suppose it should, as a student of the world, if you will. But would this election, do you think, possibly be one of the most polarizing elections in in? U.S. history? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly. It's actually gone beyond. It was, it's probably 
as polarizing, the country's probably as polarized as it was uh, during Lincoln's time. You know, we sort of in the position of uh, we may see another um, another war. I'm not saying it's going to be battlegrounds like Gettysburg, and I hope I'm wrong in saying that um, uh, it, it won't turn to violence. But it's hard to say. I can't. I can't. I, it, it, uh, and people are legitimately worried uh, that it can uh, become that. You know, Trump's attempt to at this point. Um, besides um, voter um, suppression, he's trying to really, more importantly, delegitimize the, the he's losing. If if the post office isn't able to deliver ballots, he could say one of two things. He could either say there's been fraud, uh, wasn't it wasn't working properly, and um, uh, and there are, I, I would have won had the post office been you know up to spec. And the way and his and his followers will listen to either or. They don't it doesn't matter, you know, because whatever he says they take for his word. He's done he's already kind of set up the marks of what we all know is gonna happen in November. And um, if he loses the Senate, uh, which which, you know, a year ago, two years ago, people were like, man, the Senate it's probably I think the Republicans are probably gonna hold their seats. Whereas now, um, you know, uh, they could very well lose their seats. Even if they hold on to majority by one, um, that's not a very strong position to be in for the Senate. Uh, you'll have moderates, uh, Republicans who are coming in now as well. If, if they lose the Senate, um, there's a good chance there'll be another impeachment trial, and there's a good chance that he'll, he will be removed. It's a hot mess. It is a hot mess. <laughs> It's um look, he yeah. can't move the election. It will be the second Tuesday after the first Sunday, as it's always been, and, and you can go and do a bit of research on that. It was always about the farmers and getting them in to be able to yeah. vote, which is why November was picked. But it's thank you. But he it's almost as though he's become his own version of the you were talking about unions before. I mean, anybody that's ever watched any films about the mafia, Hoffa, for example, recalling things like the Teamsters, the unions, you couldn't get anything done. Anything. Yeah. Tell me this doesn't yeah. stink. And look, I don't agree with everything that Bernie Sanders said, you know. But the things I do like about what he um, uh, was always one of the big things was voter, uh, voter, voter um, rights. Love Sanders, I hate him. You know, there's nothing radical. <laughs> about voters' rights. One of the things I love about Australia the most is the fact that um, voting is compulsory. As much as people with bitch and moan about it, um, it really is um, possibly one of the saving graces of Australia's democracy. Hmm. Now, it's not perfect, but you know what? It's pretty bloody good. <laughs> um, the fact that you have to engage um, in a political... Um, Dialogue mm. with your gut, with your with with the government um, every three somewhat years is uh, really important because when when the shit gets hot, excuse me, <laughs> people 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 turn around. And they're like, yeah, no, we've had enough of this guy. He's out, and all the sort of fraudulent claims and all the bullshit that goes on, um, people get removed very quickly. Oh, absolutely, they do. They politics. Do. Yeah. yeah, sometimes uh, a couple of times a month. I play a little bit of a word association game with you. Um, just throw throw a few few words at you. 
hit me back with uh, with whatever whatever comes to mind. Trump. Uh, uh, crook. <laughs> Biden. Old. Okay. <laughs> um, do I use one word or do you want me to use two words? Yeah, as many as you like. <laughs> Republican. Disappointment. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. Democrat. Uh, yeah, disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, Republicans are, are, their eyes are wide open, they're greedy, and they're organized. Mm-hmm. The, de- the Democrats are, their eyes are closed. Um, well, um, eyes wide shut. <laughs> their eyes wide shut, yeah. yeah. And, they're, you know, and, but I wouldn't trust them to organize a bake sale, <laughs> you know. So that, that sort of, and look, and honestly, that, that's one of the reasons why uh, there's a uh, uh, distinct possibility, uh, but I might actually give up my American citizenship. So, um, goodness me, very, very much considering it at this point. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. Uh, that's well. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> that's incredible. A, a friend of mine who's doing it now, and um, she's going to process herself because uh, um, she's that uh, sort of. Um, uh, upset, you know, and decided uh, that's not worth being an American citizen any longer. So, wow, um, that's yeah. probably pretty much answered my earlier question in terms of polarization more than anything. Yeah. That is yeah. just yeah. absolutely mind-boggling. In a lot of ways, um, you know, uh, I, I, I liked Obama out there. He had a lot of failures mm. and, and gave us Trump on things that the, that there should have been a a larger push uh, for his agenda. There should mm. have been more things that he should have, you know, and I know he got stopped in a lot of ways, but he also, he didn't really try hard enough. You know, he should have, he should have round up the Democrats and organized them a bit better and yeah. get, get them in line to support him. And he didn't do that. So, yeah, so the Democrats, they're like my, my baseball team, the New York Mets. They start off strong at the beginning of the season, but by the end of the season, you kind of like, why do they even bother showing up? So It's funny you mention that because my next word was going to be baseball. Yeah, that would be the New York Mets for sure. The I'm Mets, a, okay. Uh, I'm a Queens boy, um, and uh, the New York Mets were on team, so they're my team. Mom was a New York Yankees fan, but... Um, I didn't know that until I was an adult. Oh, <laughs> it was too late. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly recognisable those 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 brands, whether it's uh, New York Yankees or go back in history, White Sox, Red Sox, Brooklyn, Do- uh, the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers, yes. yeah, Dodgers, yeah. Just a, such a rich history there. Twenty twenty. Uh, uh, look, I think I'm, I'm probably in the same basket with everyone else. The most famous year of all time. You know, uh, next to the, uh, I guess, the birth of Christ. Probably <laughs> 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 be the most infamous year ever. I think I might have, I, I don't know if you saw it, I even posted on Facebook. If Trump loses the White House, 2020 will be the best year. Yes, <laughs> the one saving grace. Yeah. It would, yeah. yeah, generally when we use the phrase 2020, we like to think of that, uh, you know, you're looking back with that crystal clear vision, that yeah. rear view mirror, 2020, it's always perfect after the after the fact. I always liken it to the, uh, the French have this beautiful saying, which is uh, l'esprit d'escalier, which is the talk of the staircase, which is... As you're walking down the stairs, that's when all of those really clever reposts and returns and things you should have said, could have said, would have said if you had been 
quick thinking yeah. enough. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is is twenty twenty. Now, Chris, can I ask you? Uh, are you reading any books at the moment? Uh, no, I can't say I'm uh, famous for reading books. My wife's cracked me smile. Like, uh, <laughs> um, I read a lot of um, articles and newspapers, so I do quite a bit of reading. But um, I. Uh, I can't say I pick up books that often. I, if I do pick up a book to read, aside from having there's a huge ceremony at my house, now I, I usually go in for um, the sort of sci-fi genres. Oh, wow, uh, okay, yeah. If you ask me to pick up my favourite author, uh, probably guys like George Orwell, anything about dystopia, which is something quite funny because I never thought of myself. I'm not, I'm not necessarily... A negative person, but uh, mm-hmm. I think I enjoy the sort of lessons of dystopia. I use I use dystopia as uh, what you should watch for, the things to look for uh, when things aren't going right. Chris, any any last thoughts, uh, missives um, yeah. out to the uh, world? I, I do have a pet peeve. I, I, uh, if if uh, I do, I do want to say one thing. Ben. Please, please. If you if you wear a mask. Make sure it covers your nose yes. as well as your as your mouth. <laughs> yeah. that, that's my that's my biggest biggest bitch right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if your listeners are out there, you know, um, please cover your nose as well. That's all I ask. You know, <laughs> that that's it's almost like the. Um, uh, Wearing wearing the condom, you might as well have it on the uh, on the on the package as opposed to the that, you know. That's right. Yeah. Doesn't do anybody any good if it's not on your going. No. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. It, I I so so do very 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 much appreciate all the time you've given me. I'll yeah enjoy the last of your of your of your Sunday with the beautiful family. Thank you, Amelia. Grazie, Amelia. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right then. Terrific, Val. Thank you so much, Val. And uh, all the best um, to you and your family. And uh, stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Ci vediamo. Ci vediamo. Bye. Bye bye. Notes, topics of interest, and further reading. My American friend Chris spoke of Queen's College, where he studied photography. Founded in 1937, Queen's College was hailed by the people of the borough as the College of the Future. Now part of the City University of New York, or CUNY for short, offers a rigorous education in the liberal arts and sciences under the guidance of a faculty dedicated to both teaching and research. Chris mentioned that in terms of political leanings, he would be considered a progressive and a liberal and spoke of being an independent. Now, let's explore a microcosm of this. Progressivism in the United States is a political philosophy and reform movement that reached its height early in the 20th century. And if I was to simplify it, which is a dangerous thing to do when it comes to politics, it's a political movement that addresses ideas, impulses and issues stemming from modernisation of American society, according to American historian and academic Alonzo Hamby. Modern liberalism in the United States combines ideas of civil liberty and equality with support for social justice and a mixed economy. According to political scientist Ian Adams, all American parties are liberal and always have been. Chris mentioned Bernie bros. That's a term that was coined in 2015 by journalist Robinson Meyer to describe young male supporters of presidential candidate 
Bernie Sanders. And touching on a swing or floating voter, uh, it's basically a voter who may not be affiliated with a particular political party, as in an independent, or who will vote across party lines. In American politics, many centrists, liberal Republicans and conservative Democrats, which we won't talk about here, are considered swing voters since their voting patterns cannot be predicted with certainty. Chris's work as a photographer, filmmaker and DOP is simply beautiful. Please check out more of his work at Sferraza Film. That's S-F-E-R-R-A-Z-Z-A film.com. Chris also works with a bunch of superb creatives, the Directors Group. Check them out at directorsgroup.com.au. Nasturtium officinale, or watercress, is a species of aquatic flowering plant in the cabbage family Brassicaceae, a rapidly growing perennial plant native to Europe, Asia, and apparently US Route 258. It is one of the oldest known leaf vegetables consumed by humans. Heck, Roman author Gaius Plinius Secundus, or Pliny the Elder, who lived from 23 to 79 AD, listed over 40 medicinal uses for it. Who can argue with that? The New York area bedrock consists of a mix of complexly folded and faulted gneiss, marble, schist with occasional amphibolite, serpentinite and rocks. Basins to the northeast in Connecticut and west in New Jersey are filled with Mesozoic sediments and more rocks. In places the rock is overlain by varying thicknesses of, you got it, decomposed rock. In sections of Brooklyn, Queens and Staten Island the rock is covered with Cretaceous era soil, sand, gravel, silt and clay. During the Pleistocene era, glaciers scoured away this rock and soil in some locations while depositing glacial strata above it in others. Some places rocky, some places flat. Incredible. Oakland Lake, a spring-fed glacial kettle pond, is one of the few natural lakes within the boroughs of New York City. Part of Alley Pond Park in northeast Queens, you can fish for bass, pickerel, large sunfish and, yes, American eel. New York City comprises five boroughs, sitting where the Hudson River meets the Atlantic Ocean. Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Staten Island and at its core is Manhattan, densely populated and among the world's major commercial, financial and cultural centres. Iconic sites include the Empire State Building, Central Park and Times Square. A borough is an administrative division in various English-speaking countries. In principle, the term borough designates a self-governing walled town, although in practice, official use of the term varies widely. And it's spelled B-O-R-O-U-G-H, not to be confused with where rabbits live. Although if you have ever visited New York, you might think of Warren as an apt description. Great Neck is a region on Long Island that covers a peninsula on the North Shore and includes villages such as Great Neck, Great Neck Estates, Great Neck Plaza and Russell Gardens. With a population of over 10,000, Great Neck home prices are not only among the most expensive in New York, but Great Neck real estate also consistently ranks among the most expensive in America. The Pocono Mountains, or Poconos, from the Lenape term for stream between two mountains, encompasses forested peaks, the highest being Camelback Mountain, lakes and valleys in the US state of Pennsylvania. On the eastern edge is the bird-rich Delaware Water Gap, with rivers, beaches and recreation facilities dotting the area. With construction starting August 1959, completing and opening November 1964, the Verrazzano Narrows Bridge, named for Giovanni da Verrazzano, the first documented European explorer to enter New York Harbour and the Hudson River in 1524, is a suspension bridge connecting Staten Island and Brooklyn. It spans the Narrows, a body of water linking the relatively enclosed Upper New York Bay with Lower New York Bay and the Atlantic Ocean, and is the only fixed crossing of the Narrows. 
This engineering marvel is a double-deck bridge carrying all those lanes of Interstate 278 and over 200,000 vehicles a day. At a length of over four kilometres or two and a half miles, as Chris said, it is a massive, massive bridge. The Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organisations Act, or RICO, is a United States federal law. In a nutshell, it focuses specifically on racketeering and allows the leaders of a syndicate to be tried for the crimes they ordered others to do or assisted them in doing, closing a perceived loophole that allowed a person who instructed someone else to, for example, commit murder, to be exempt from the trial because they did not actually commit the crime personally. Enter Rudolf William Louis Giuliani, an American attorney and politician. He led New York's civic cleanup as its mayor from 1994 to 2001 and was a pioneer in using the aforementioned RICO statute to bring down the mafia in the 1980s. The RICO laws had been on the books since the 1970s, but Giuliani was instrumental in applying them to organised crime and pursuing the five families of New York organised crime, Lucese, Genovese, Gambino, Bonanno and Colombo. Over the years, Rudy's been a Democrat, an Independent and a Republican, but always holding a platform of toughness on crime. And thanks to his leadership upon the September 11 terrorist attacks in 2001, he was dubbed America's Mayor, also named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. He was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in 2002. Donna Hanover, an American journalist, radio and television personality, television producer and actress. She was the First Lady of New York City as the then-wife of Rudolph Giuliani. After 18 years of marriage and two children, they, after a protracted and ugly public battle, finalised their divorce in 2002. Hanover was awarded $6.8 million and custody of their two children. Why, Rudy? Why? Located on Fifth Avenue at the southern part of Central Park, Walman Rink, named after the Walman family who donated the funds for its original construction. Donald J. Trump took over the ice skating rink project after the city spent six years and $12 million unsuccessfully trying to get the job done. The skating rink was brought in two and a half months ahead of his own speedy six-month schedule and $750,000 below his own projected $3 million budget. The Trump Organization also looks after Lasker Park, which is a seasonal ice skating rink and swimming pool located at North Meadow in the northern part of Central Park in Manhattan. The 1989 helicopter crash. Three Trump Organization officials travelling from New York to Atlantic City. The three executives, Stephen Hyde, Mark Grossinger-Etes and Jonathan Beninav and the two crew members, Captain Robert Kent and co-pilot Lawrence Denaire, were killed in the tragedy. In 2019, it was revealed that Trump tried to insert himself into the narrative and gain some publicity by claiming that at the last minute, for some strange unknown reason, he decided not to board the doomed copter. According to ex-Trump Organization employees and reporters, this was nonsense. He didn't get on the helicopter because he, well, just didn't. And no, he is not old money like Rockefeller or DuPont. The Mayflower, of course, being the English ship that transported the first English Puritans, known today as the Pilgrims, from England to the New World, dropping anchor near the tip of Cape Cod in November 1620. Andrew Mark Cuomo, an American politician, author and lawyer, serving as the 56th governor of New York since 2011. A member of the Democratic Party, he was elected to the same position his father, Mario Cuomo, held for three terms. Andrew has been referred to from time to time as America's governor. His brother, Christopher Charles Cuomo, is an American television journalist best known as the presenter of Cuomo Primetime, a weeknight news analysis show on CNN, the cable news network. And boy, has he been giving it to Trump. 
Red, blue, old glory, part two. The colours for Republican and Democrat, red, blue respectively, were not always that way. Cut to the 1888 presidential election. Grover Cleveland and Benjamin Harrison used maps that coded blue for the Republicans. The colour perceived to represent Abraham Lincoln's party and the Union, and red for the Democrats. Fast forward to 1976. NBC, the national broadcasting company, debuted its first election map on TV with light bulbs that turned red for states won by Democrat Jimmy Carter and blue for Republican Gerald Ford. This usage of colour was based on Great Britain's political system, which used red to denote the more liberal party. However, other TV stations used different colours and designations for a variety of reasons, aesthetic, ideological, and this also differed from station to station, person to person. Confusing. Fast forward again to 2000, the lengthy and highly contested election, search for the term hanging Chad, C-H-A-D and you'll see what I mean, between Al Gore and George W. Bush. The New York Times and USA Today published their first full-colour election maps. The Times used red for Republicans because, paraphrasing the senior graphics editor Archie Tsai, it was a more natural association. Republican begins with R, red begins with R. Well, when it was all over, this firmly and finally established Democrats as the Blue Party and Republicans as the Red. The colour coding seems to have stuck, and let's hope these denotations hold fast for some time to come. Why do Republicans use the symbol of an elephant? Tune into part three at the end of the next episode to find out more. Castrofilippo is a commune in the province of Agrigento in the Italian region, Sicily, located about 90 kilometres, 55 miles, southeast of Palermo and about 15 kilometres or 9 miles east of Agrigento. Licata is a city and commune located on the south coast of Sicily at the mouth of the Salso River. The music used in this podcast is by a German composer, Lost Harmonies. The title of the track is Great Feelings. Please purchase the track as I did on premiumbeats.com. The image you see of yours truly standing in front of the flags was compiled by me, but certain elements were licensed from others, the American and the Australian flag in particular from a Cypriot-based graphic designer, Kirill M. Check out his work on slon.pix. That's S-L-O-N dot P-I-C-S. The font used in that image, that gorgeous American swish, the name of that is Marcel, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-E. Please consider donating to the creator as I did, Clement Nicole, C-L-E-M-E-N-T-N-I-C-O-L-L-E at gmail.com. Writing scripts can be such a challenge, but please check out a podcast by Gavin Miller called The Empty Page. Superb stuff. I highly recommend reading Lost Tycoon, The Many Lives of Donald Trump by Harry Hunt. Available through Echo Point Books. This podcast could not have been produced without the invaluable assistance of my long-distance researcher, Vanessa Hart Miller. My American Friend, Episode 2, Chris. Recorded August 16, 2020. Please reach out. Send me an email, info at valman, that's V-A-L-M-A-N, dot com, dot A-U. Thank you for listening. <laughs>